and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. You guys have given us faith. You guys have given us strength. So I just want to, can we just stand and honor them? They've been in the region for 30 years, I think. It's been forever. So just, we honor you. We honor you. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Word though, I have a word, and um, I was debating if I should say it from the pulpit. And then Stephanie, when you shared about giving into the building fund, I know that I can release it. So Geo and Destiny, the Lord says, when the architect comes, say yes. So that that's going to be your sign to move forward. There's going to be one that approaches you and says, I have a design, and that's when, when that comes, say yes. So. So we eagerly await, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> ah. It's really good to be here. Yeah. It's, it's like you sang that song about a fragrance. You could get used to that. Yeah. And um, this family carries a fragrance that Definitely. we've gotten very used to. And it's a fragrance of Jesus. So it's an honor for us to be here. Yeah. And uh, every time, if we're not here, it's only because we're out of town. It's not because we decided to sleep in. We're not backsliders. <laughs> just, just making that clear. <laughs> but, but we will tell you the truth. I pastored for 23 years, and uh, as a youth pastor before that for 17, I started when I was 10. And, um, <clears throat> and so I was there every single Sunday. And so when that shifted in 2015, and then when we got married, I actually had to kill a religious spirit and get used to staying home. It was weird. It was a voice. It's true. He didn't know how to handle that. I'm like, what? (laughs) I've been getting up every Sunday morning. And um, God shows up in a whole lot of ways. Trust me, I love Sunday morning. love the church. But um, And and we're in a lot of churches, and we visit a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And yet, because there's a lot of ministry that goes on, then sometimes it's like, ah, oh, just a Sunday morning. And, and now, because we've connected with you, it's like, it's crazy. I mean, we, we've, we drove in from North Carolina, and um, on a, we went to Awaken the Dawn, hung out up there in Raleigh. Then we drove in on Saturday. So we decided we're getting up Sunday morning to be here. And then we had to be in a conference in Orlando on Sunday night. And then we got back from that on Wednesday, and anyway, long story short, we ministered Friday night, all day Saturday, last night. I think we've taught probably eight hours. And so we need a clock this morning because we're, we kind of, we can do that. And uh, we don't want to do that. We can keep morning. you here all day. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't want to do that. We just want to give you something from the Father's heart to each one of you. So it's, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for opening the door. I actually asked him. I said, hey, man, what do you think about us ministering on Father's Day? I said, you can pray about it. <laughs> he said, Desi and I were talking. We, we want something different on Father's Day. You're different. How about doing it? <laughs> so we're actually going to probably sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up, because we've stood up a whole lot this past weekend. And um, so we really believe... We're, You're low. You're very low. I'm low. Yeah. 
I really believe where we're headed this morning is just one more, you know, God takes us from glory to glory, precept to precept. He, he builds things in our lives. And it's our desire this morning to, that the Spirit of God will just release one more revelation that then from that revelation, only the Holy Spirit can change us. But when revelation comes and he gives it, it's because he, he's ready to do something. So he wants to move you. And um, so we're just going to share some things with you. Um, we're going to be looking at the book of Romans. But before we go there, I want to kind of set the stage. And um, what happens so many times, we don't understand the uh, battle that we're in. And so if you don't understand where the battle is, you'll find yourself fighting in the, in the complete wrong arena. And so one of the things that we will make real clear today, and we'll give a few definitions I just kind of jumped right in. You ready? You all right with that? Go okay. For it. And um, this has really been fun. I mean, it has been awesome because you know how it is. You, you're used to your, your preacher. You're in the pulpit there every time, and then, and one. Of, I'm on a rabbit trail right now. So, but I'll tell you because one of the things that shifted with us when we came together because she, she was a preacher, a minister. She's doing stuff all over the place. <clears throat> we come together. And it's like, kind of, how's this going to work out? You know, I'm, I'm not sure how, you know, she's strong. I've been doing this. How's it going to work? Anyway, God said, here's, here's the way it's going to work. You're not going to do anything without each other. Wow. Hey, there you go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the only time we haven't been in the pulpit together was when somebody from his old congregation passed away and he did the funeral. And it felt really strange. I'm like up here doing this funeral. She didn't know the person. And um, she's not there with me. So I, 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 we, we were preaching, this was years back, but we went to a church in, uh, in outside of Albany, New York. And the guy had never met us, so he's asking us. And I tell him, well, we need two mics, you know. And he's thinking, okay, so, the, and she's never been a pastor's wife, but she was called a pastor's wife that day. And it was like, okay, so your wife's going to come up and, and she's going to share and then you're going to preach. I said, no. It's not going to work that way. We're going to be up there the whole time. <laughs> anyway, it's fun. You kind of just, you kind of, the opportunity, and again, we're not, it's, that's not the way God wants it for everybody, but it's just been fun for us to kind of blow up some things. You know, you're like, honey, I blew up the church. That's not, <laughs> not a good, that's not a good one. So anyway, back to the whole thing of, of the war that's going on around us. And in Daniel, it talks about this, and I'm just going to read a couple of passages, and then, then we'll get into Romans. But the whole thing the enemy wants to do is he wants to divide and conquer. That, that's what he wants to do, and he did that from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. And so he wants to come in, and he wants to divide and conquer. And he always wants to do that because it talks about it's a war of words. Okay, hear that. It's going to be important with where we're going this morning. And so words then, you know, words are powerful and, and words come and words can stir up all kinds of emotions. Words can bring all kinds of pictures. And so from the very, every one of our lives, we started out and it was the intention of the enemy to then speak so many false negative words to us that would then put us in a place where it'd be very hard for us to believe truth and very hard for us to believe that we're loved. All of us have been there. There were just things. He just, he just plants it. I don't even, you know, people don't necessarily do it on, intentionally, 
but they just release these words to us. Yeah. You know, you're, ne you're never going to be anything. You know, and I could go on and on and on. And that's the enemy's strategy, and he continues to use that. So this, uh, this is Daniel chapter 7. Let's read a couple of verses out of here. But, and, and again, Daniel, he's talking about the end times. But he says, and of the ten horns there, there were in his head, and on the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes, and here it is, and a mouth that spake very great things whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them. Okay, now this thing, it goes on, and it's in 25. Here's the strategy. And he shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change the time, again, just the times of God and the law. And the saints shall be given into his hand for a time. And anyway, it goes in, into all of that. Here's all I want you to see. We're living, and we, it's all around us, and it's this war of words. And it comes at us all the time. And now with media and now with everything around us, it's just pounding. You don't go anywhere. There's not some kind of words. You can be sitting in a restaurant, and this just happened to us, and you kind of, oh, that's kind of a nice song. And then all of a sudden you hear this line in it, and you're saying, are you kidding me? Yeah. How, how, how stupid. You come up with that kind of line, and all those things are coming in. Okay, so you got the picture. There is a war of words that are going on everywhere, all around us, all the time. And the enemy is a master. He is a liar. And he's a master at then shooting words and voices at you to decide, are you going to believe this or you're not? We're going to settle the issue this morning. You are believers. Every one of you, if you're here and you haven't yet opened your heart up to Jesus Christ, before we're done, you're going to want to because you're going to realize just how good God is. And then when you recognize his goodness and you recognize the value of being in community with him, you're going to want to say yes. Why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I want to be with the other troop? This is the troop I want to be with. Yeah, so we've just come out of a season in the world of a place where we had to be isolated from each other. And, and I know here you kept meeting through COVID and everything, but when you think about our jobs and, and how we related to people, even going to the grocery store, everything was about stay away from everyone else. And what happened during this time period was it, it caused a spirit of isolation and separateness to come to God's people. And for those of, of you that need other people, you're extroverted and you get energy from that, it was devastating. Um, I, I think of a, a friend that we have that uh, she lived in South Africa. She now lives in the States because she married one of our friends that lives in North Carolina. But in South Africa, they were so strict with their lockdown that if you walked out on your front porch, your neighbors would report you. And so she was alone in, in her home during that time, not allowed to go anywhere. I guess they had groceries delivered. They couldn't do anything. And she said, I realized at that point, I am not meant to be alone. So, so what we want to talk to you about today is, is you're not alone. We are in this together. And really address the fact that, that that aloneness, and so many of us, 
you know, we'll get home, we'll be sitting by ourselves, and we feel like we're the only one. There's no one else around. We're all by ourselves, and we're not understanding the fullness of who we are in Christ with him in us, as well as the body that we belong to. So that's what we want to talk about this morning. I mean, so we want to show you some scripture that absolutely shows you that it's impossible to be isolated. It's impossible to be alone. In other words, you can't be alone even when you are by yourself. There's somebody there, and there's more than one that's there all the time. All right. So let's look at Romans, and we're going to look at Romans chapter 8. And they're putting it up there for you. We, we said, hey, can you do the Passion Translation? We like that translation. And there are a lot of them we like. But with what we wanted to kind of share this morning, this is the place we wanted to come to. So we're just going to break it down. You all right? Have some fun. All right? It's, it's serious fun, but okay. But it's fun. All right? All right. So in verse 9, it starts this way. It says, when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, You are not dominated by the flesh, but by the spirit. And if you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one, you are not of him. But simply to be joined by the spirit requires nothing more than a yes. Yes, I want to. And the thing then that we hear here, you are not dominated by the flesh. Now, this may be a little bit different, but I want to give you a definition of what flesh is. Because the church has given it all kinds of definitions. But if we go back to where we started this morning, the flesh is nothing more than a dead man speaking. The flesh is nothing more than words that are coming at you and bombarding you. Okay? We have settled the issue. In other words, we've been crucified with Christ. We no longer live, but he lives in us. So you do know this, and you can go back and read Romans 6 because it makes it very clear that you were co-crucified, you were co-buried. So the person of, of that is completely dead. But that person that is dead has a voice. My dad died in 1997. I can still hear his voice. Not quite as clear, but I can still hear his voice. So the thing of your flesh is your flesh has been fully crucified and it is dead and buried, but it still speaks. And the enemy wants you to constantly hear the voice of that dead man. He's a master at bringing up pictures. He's a master at bringing up memories. And he's a master at making it, making you feel like that that's still who you are. I remember very well, I mean, the the message of Christ in me in my 20s is what changed me. And I remember I could be meditating on the word. I was believing everything that the word said about me. I would come out, get in my car to pull out of my driveway, and the enemy would immediately start flashing pictures and reminding me of things in my past. And everything about it made it feel like that's who I am. And then all of a sudden I realized God's not into schizophrenia. That's right. No, I don't have part of me that belongs to God and another part of me that still belongs to the devil in the place of darkness. So I settled the issue. Then you shut up because there's no truth to that anymore because I am who God says that I am. 
See, just so we'll talk a little bit about this as we move on, because that simple, that simple practice means that you are taking every thought captive. That thought doesn't line up, so thought, shut up, and get out of the way. Verse uh, 10. Now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, that sounds bad, but we're going somewhere better. His life-giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, can we say, thank you, God, that your spirit of resurrection lives in me. Thank you, God, that your spirit of resurrection lives in me. I like this part. He will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. So in other words, what Jesus did is I recognize that since the whole fall of man, you're you're born and then, you know, your body starts decaying. And yet Jesus comes in and says, yeah, I'm bigger than that, though. I'm bigger than that. We forget this. When you get my age, you won't forget it anymore. (laughs) You won't forget it anymore. Because all of a sudden the body starts trying to speak all kinds of things. And you say, wait a minute, resurrection life is in me. Therefore, he's renewing me back to the place of my youth. And so by a statement of faith and, and, and literally what happens with us, because we don't, we don't talk about age. What we talk about is we wake up every morning and this is the best day. We take our coffee cups. This is the best day. <laughs> And we say to each other, how old are we today? And we are never out of our 20s. I think we need to go shop at Forever 21 like they did. There you yeah. go. <laughs> really, we, we do that. And so then, therefore, because it's word, it's not magic, it's not kind of, no, but there's, there's power in believing what the word has to say. And so from that standpoint, we speak it to each other. And guess what? We act like we're in our 20s. We have energy like we're in our 20s. Some people say, you act like teenagers. Thank you very much. Teenagers with a whole lot of experience. Yes. So we literally do. We've even thought about it. Well, do you know, what about 30s or 40s? No, we like 20s. Yeah. And, and so that kind of thing is, I mean, that's what the word says. I'm going to make this statement to you that is so true. And I realize you're all in different places. You're all in different kinds of, of battles in terms of what's going on in, in your body and those kinds of things. We, we know those things are there. We don't deny those things. But you've got to understand that even, and you'll see it, it's in Scripture that then in that, what God wants to do right now, one of the greatest testimonies of a manifestation of the reality of the kingdom of God is us walking in divine health. So you never let go of it. Stand, just stand. Never let go of the place of standing. It's yours. And, and that's the place of the, of the beauty of God. 
I'm not making it that the beauty is as to whether you're completely seeing a full manifestation in your body. No, the beauty is that you've made a stand and you recognize divine health is yours. It is absolutely yours. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to do anything, but recognize that it's one of the attributes of God that's been given to you. And so then there's going to be a manifestation of it in my body. <clears throat> Come on, you say you want to see hospitals emptied out. Come on, you say we're living in an age now. We've just lived through two crazy years of all these crazy things going on. And there's all these words coming at us and, you know, of all the possibility of the effects. But truly what God's going to do and, and is raising us up to walk in the power of divine health. Yeah. God has an eternal health care plan. Yeah. <clears throat> we invite you into God's eternal health care plan today. It's absolutely yours. I, I love this passage in Romans because this is one that when I was 30 kept me going. And what happened to me at 30 was all of a sudden I found myself having problems with my vision. I ended up at a retina specialist who then sent me to a neuro-ophthalmologist. Next thing you know, I'm in an MRI machine and I'm getting diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. And in the, the years following that, my legs would go numb. I'd walk with a cane. I was looking at being handicapped. By the time I was this age, I would have been in a nursing home had the disease kept progressing. But I heard Jesse Duplantis. Who knows who Jesse Duplantis is? The crazy wild man. He was over in Lakeland preaching at Family Worship Center one night. And I heard him preach. And he, he read that scripture out of Romans. And it like hit my gut. And I said, wait a minute, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me. He can heal this body of mine. Now, I can't, I, that just was something that was, was in me, you know, and Hillsongs was really coming out about that time, and they had a song called All the Power You Need, and my God's got plans too big for human hands. Trust him and see, he's got all the power you need, and so I'd put it in my cassette player. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> In my, in my blazer, and I drive to go get my treatments. But, but that's, that song, that song kept me going. And, and there's things you hold on to those truths of the Lord. And believe me, I got in every prayer line I could possibly get in. I did the things that I had the energy to do. And sometimes I could play keyboard, sometimes I couldn't. My fingers would go numb at times. But I, I always knew that scripture was true. And even when people came up and said, oh, you should probably apply for disability or you should try putting magnets in your shoes or eat this magic fruit from such and such, you know, all the things that are there. I read my Bible and said, wait, he caused the lame man to walk. He caused the blind man to see. That promise is for me as well. And three and a half years after that diagnosis, God instantly delivered me of the spirit of multiple sclerosis because it was a spirit of infirmity that had entered into my body. And so I, I just say to you, there, there's truth in this word. Don't give up. You may be struggling with something. And, and I, I honestly love when the doctor says, oh, there's no cure for this because there's no cure for multiple sclerosis. When I got instantly healed, I had an MRI appointment already set up because I was having, a, a, the symptoms were getting worse. And so I had set up an appointment. I got healed on Sunday, got an MRI on Monday. When I went back into the doctor's office at the end of the week, the scars that had been in my brain for three and a half years were missing from the MRI. So, so he's, a, he's a God that loves to take that which seems dead, that seems to 
decaying and he loves to bring it to life. Resurrection power is yours. It's all of yours. Diabetes, it's, he, that's easy for him. He can deal with that. I also had a, at one point a regular heartbeat that was like at the point of being angina. Here, I'm, I'm in my 30s getting diagnosed with this. The doctor, cardiologist looks at me and says, there, there's no cure for that. You're going to have this for the rest of your life. And I looked at him and said, no, I'm not. I already knew he healed me from MS. He could handle that as well. And so I'm in a meeting and the preacher, I'd never heard him before. And some of you would know his name if I said it now, but I'm not going to because it wasn't about him. But he called out and he said, some of you have an irregular heartbeat and God's going to heal you right now. And what happened? I was standing there and I was praying for other people that I knew that were sick. And he said that and it was like a lightning bolt hit my head. And I went down in my seat and my friend looked at me and said, what just happened to you? And I said, God just healed my heart. And the next time I had an EKG done for a procedure I was having done, my heartbeat was regular. Yes. So see, God loves impossible. Yes. Don't, don't listen to those voices. That's part of the war of words as we listen to the hopelessness that he tries to put on you. Don't listen. Keep pressing forward. His words are true. So practically, how does that work? Because you go in and the doctor says, this is what you're diagnosed with. Okay, so he's, he's giving you a word. Now, what happens is, is that word can create fear in us. And as soon as fear comes and man, the enemy is going to play it all the way to the hilt. We all know that. So uh, our our place is not a place of denial. Denial is not our friend. Okay. So the doctor says, here's the diagnosis. Here's what it is. Then what did she do? You're going to listen then to the word of the Lord. You're not going to say, in other words, it's, and we'll talk about this as we move through this morning, because God, he's a healer of the spirit. He's a healer of the body. And so in that, when, when the word comes and you hear it, then it's, it's like rightly dividing. And so then you're not going to give yourself over to believing any other voice, but God's voice. But the diagnosis part is then gives you the target. A lot of people have things going on in their body and they'll say, no, 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 I'm going to stand in faith. I'm not going in to find anything out. It's like people, you get bills and you got these bills and you don't know how you're going to pay them. So you think, oh, magically, God's just going to do it. And you're just going to put it in the drawer of the desk and say, okay, God, take care of it. I'm going to forget it. Now, if you have bills to pay and you don't know how it's going to be paid, God wants to pay it. Put it on the stinking refrigerator and look at it every day and say what God has to say about it. See, denial is not our friend. Denial is not faith. And so then, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be bothered. This is what the word is. This is what they say is going on in my body. I know the target now, baby. We can pull the root up. We can destroy this thing because we know exactly what it is. Are you hearing us? The difference in words. The difference in words. So again, you're not going to, she'll hear all the reports. Well, by this age, this is going to happen. And you read the, the magazines and they say, this is what happens to everybody that has MS. Boom, 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 boom. And so oh, I see that. I don't believe any of that. I had a folder this thick of research that I had done. I, I had the conversion van and my scooter picked out that I wanted to buy. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to take care of myself at home with grocery shopping. And that was before, you know, delivery was there. I, I had to have a plan with the way my body was going. And one night I had a dream and I saw in the dream where I took the folder and I threw it in the trash can outside and I woke up and the Lord said, throw it out. This this isn't your destiny. Throw it out. Quit obsessing over it. Throw it out. 
Some of you are reading the magazines, you're reading all the reports, you're hearing all of these things. And I, we're not saying don't take your medications until you know that you're healed and the Lord releases you from that. But, but we are saying don't obsess over what they told you your destiny is. So, so we'll continue a little bit practical about this whole area because we're not against medication. But what we are then, whatever, if somebody has to take medication for something, because again, I've, I've researched a, a lot of that has to do with certain diseases, especially diabetes and those kinds of things. Why? Because I want to know the target. I want to know the root. If, if I can see then that, then we can operate with God and watching God bring about healing. Okay, rather than, well, I just don't know anything. So, but the thing is then, whatever God gives, be careful on how to say this. There's medications that God wants to give, but I only want God's will to be done with those medications. Anything that has any other side effects, I say, God, by the blood of the lamb, I take this medication, none of those side effects will affect me. I'm not giving myself to the medication. Yeah. I'm not giving myself over. I don't care if it's, uh, we take supplements. I'm not against supplements. I'll take those, but they're not my God. God's my healer. Yeah. However God wants to use those, then use those things in my body. Yeah. So simply put, if you're taking any kind of medication, God, thank you. This medication comes forth from you and you want it to work, whatever it needs to work in my body. And any of the side effects that are there, I say by the blood of the lamb, none of those side effects will have any effect upon me whatsoever. But I'm looking towards the path, Father, that then you're going to turn and I'm not going to need it anymore. So in this kind of dialogue, sometimes there's no guilt, there's no condemnation. That's where all this goes. So in walking in the voice of God, so we operate that way with each other. Because if you've worked with people and like with her, she got in every healing line and people will say all kinds of stupid things. Well, you just don't have enough faith. That one. Oh. <laughs> if, if you just had more faith, I just want to turn around and slap them and say, well, if I don't have enough to you, then do, let's get something rolling here. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the religious structure can be nasty and mean. All right, so just practically and walking through some of those things. So it, God, we're, we're going to see there's going to be so many miraculous healings, so many people walking in divine health. I know we got to move on, but let me say this to you. There's life after a miracle. God gives a miracle, a miracle, and like everything else in your life, when the miracle comes, then he wants to reveal himself to you in a way that says you're going to keep the miracle. You're not going to lose the miracle. Okay? Works like deliverance. People come to us, okay, we're going to deliver you. There, there's demons here, we're going to deliver you. Well, the first thing I want to say happen, and, and this is the way we work, well, the first thing I want to have happen is we're going to equip you with a revelation of the word of God so that when those demons go, you know how to occupy and they can't come back. Because if I just cast a demon out of you and you know nothing about relationship with God, then scripture says the baby's going to go out and come back with a lot more. And I don't want that for you. We don't like their friends. <laughs> And it's the same way with healing. We've seen miracles. We saw all kinds of miracles. 
and, and I see God do a miracle. He's starting to do something. Then we're asking the question, okay, God, what is the, the revelation that needs to come so that the enemy can't come back and throw it on him again? It's, it's very important. I'll say a lot more, but we'll move. Well, for, for example, a, a divine healing from diabetes doesn't mean you go out and eat cake all day long. Right? <laughs> Unless you're celebrating stuff. Yeah, you one can little, celebrate. One little piece. But, but it's God's, God's like, you're healed. Take care of the body I gave you. Yeah. Okay, let's take it back to the thing of voices. Any kind of addictions, all right? Anything that has to do with those kinds of things, even with the things that diabetics deal with. Scripture makes it very clear. There's a God of the belly. And the belly has a voice and it speaks. You know, this is true. If there's ice cream in the house, it's calling your name. If there's chocolate there, it's saying, eat me, eat me, eat me. Okay, so don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. There's a voice here. And so then what God wants to do through then, if he heals you, he wants to then skill you with the anointing that you silence the voice of the God of the belly. So it can no longer control you and drive you. Words. Words. It's a war of words. And, and this body's filled with all kinds of stupid voices. You know, those words are coming at us. And so that's another whole thing. So that's what we work with with people, especially with diabetes. Say, okay, now let us help you. So when it screams, this is what you want to eat, because there's a known fact. Nah, I don't want to go there. There's things that are good for you and things that are bad for you. And just be careful in terms of all of that, you know. All right. Can we move on? Yeah. You, you good with that? All right. <laughs> All right. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all. False words. All those words, all those lies have no claim on us at all. And we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. For when you live controlled by the flesh, by these words that are coming at you, you're about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste His abundant life. We're talking about tasting this morning. I love it. taste and see that God is good. So the Spirit puts those things to death, all those corrupt ways, and then you get to taste the things of God. Yeah. Okay, I'm going. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the mature children of God are only those. The mature children of God are only those. Now the weight of your personal transformation and your maturity is on Holy Spirit, not you. The burden of your personal transformation is gladly taken by Holy Spirit because it's not a burden for Him. What the religious system has done has put the whole burden of your personal transformation upon you. So you need to do this and you need to do this and now you need to do this. And if you've been on that hamster wheel, it stinks. It stinks, man. And then you take it on. Well, I'm going to try to. Okay, I'm going to try to. I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstrings. And finally, you realize this ain't working. It ain't working. And God's saying, that wasn't my plan all along. It was never my plan. My plan was, no, I'm the one that's doing this. I love you. Just say, okay, God, then I'm going to let you do it. Yeah. Would, would please do that for each other. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, and, and if we look at where the religious system was birthed, it was in the garden. When the enemy came, and we were talking about Genesis last week, when the enemy came to Eve and told her she needed to do something to be like God, he took her from being a human being to a human doing. That's where the religious system was birthed, was in the garden. You have to do something to make God do something for you. You have to do something to make God like you. You need to we, hear this. We call it do to be. Say, say that with me, do to be. Do to be. God doesn't want us to do to be. No. He wants us to be. And out of the place of being is what you do. Yes. It's in Christ Jesus you were created for good works. Yes. But it's not your good works, it's his good That's works. Right. Right. Okay? You need to hear that clearly. And, and here's what we're going to ask Holy Spirit to do for every one of us today. Is that in any point of our life, in the place that we're living in relationship with God, if we find ourselves doing something in the natural to gain something in the supernatural, we need to stop, drop, and roll. Ooh, I just felt that in the room. That just set some of you free in this room. You've been striving to try to get God to, to be God. <laughs> Come on, you're not what you do. You're who God says that you are. Come on, hear it. Come on, let it sink in there deep. Now, God created, and out of his creation, then you just get to be. And the enemy came in and twisted it. How did he twist it? I'll tell you one way he twisted it because you're, you're a house of Levi. So then one way he twisted it is he made it then that says you are a worshiper because of what you do. And so what we did is we made an idol out of the songs that we sing and the way that we sing them. And we have bit into the whole thing that says then I'm a worshiper because of what I do. And God says you're a worshiper because I created you as one. Now, what, what just happened in this room is you're going to start watching the words that you sing. There are certain lines in songs that you're going to change. Okay? Because we made it all about this. We, we wrote about this in, in our book, Preparing for Battle. And we were just with a couple in North Carolina. And she had read the book. And she comes to us and she says, you don't know how I got set free. Because in the book, what we talk about is this very thing. And everybody in her family could play instruments and could sing. And she couldn't. And we're talking like worldwide. They go on tours and all that. And this... This woman, prob probably about my age, I would say, and and for, for for years, <laughs> I love you. For 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 years, she felt like she was she wasn't a worshiper, and she felt less than. I can't. How do you worship God in spirit and truth if you don't think you're a worshiper? And she said it set her free because worship is your heart attitude towards the Lord. It's about reverencing the Lord. It has nothing to do with music. You know, and even being a Levite, it's, it's not just about prayer and worship. There's all kinds of Levites that we see in the scripture. So you may hear Sunday after Sunday that we're, we're a house of Levites and you're going, but I don't sing. How do I fit in here? I don't have a good prayer language. I don't even know how to get up there to get on the microphone, scares the bejeebies out of me. I don't want to do it. But there's Levites that their job was cleaning the temple. 
There were ones that made sure everything was polished and shiny and set the atmosphere for the presence of the Lord. That some were treasurers like Martha. You're t- t- the treasurer. That, that is a Levitical assignment. And see, we don't realize that the, that's just part of being in the house. You carry the DNA yeah. of the Levite. And you function out of that. Okay, one more in this whole thing. We do the same thing with intercessors, prayer warriors. You say, are you an intercessor? The first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you that question is, how much do I pray? How how many hours do I pray? How do I do intercession? It's what I do. No, it's who you are. It's who you are. Says Jesus is the great intercessor. He's still seated at the right hand of the Father in intercession. We have this thing. Well, then he just must be on his knees all the time. And he's got this long list like Carrie did in that movie. He's got this long list of praying through all these things of what's happening in the world because he has to do something to be something. Jesus is intercessor. Therefore, everywhere we go, we're intercessors. The power of intercession flows through us. The substance of intercession is who we are. The DNA of intercessor. So in terms of training intercessors, that's the first thing. Then however God wants to work that out in you, let him work it out in you. I'll tell you this verse. Here's how he works it out in you. Verse 14. The mature children of God are only those who are moved by the impulses of Holy Spirit. What kind of worshiper, what kind of intercessor from the place of your being? Just because the impulses of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't you like the words of the Holy Spirit a whole lot better than all the other words that are coming at you? Let's bring this back to its simplest place, the simplicity of Christ in you. Therefore, it is all about Holy Spirit lives in you. Then if we can do anything together to help you clarify the voice of God, we'll help you do that because he's speaking all the time. He's got things he just wants to say to you. He'll speak it to you in your language. He'll speak it to you. Just how he created you, he'll speak to you that way in different ways. If, if you, as a tribe, learn how to hear the voice of God, then it just becomes hear and say yes. Hear and say yes. Hear and say yes. I love this next part, though. Verse 15, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough but you have received the spirit of full acceptance. I love how it says that in this. It's not just like, hey, you're, you're gods, you've been adopted. The spirit of full acceptance. I want put your hand on your heart and say that I have, I have the spirit of full acceptance. The spirit of full acceptance. Oh, that felt good. You want to do it again? Yeah, please. I have. I have. The spirit of full acceptance. The spirit of full acceptance. I don't know. I could do a happy dance. (laughs) It's kind of like. And what does that spirit of full acceptance do? It, It says enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Woo, beloved father. (laughs) You do know that, the spirit of father. I I realize we're men and we're women. We're all clear on that. We're men and we're women. 
But it, when it comes to carrying the heart of the Father, that's not general. That's, that's, not, that's not general. If I can be a bride of Christ, come on, you can be a father. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we want to we talk about the being accepted into the family of God. And talk about something that we call we-denity. You know, we all have identity. But, but around our camp, we always say we have we-denity. And if you've noticed when we are leading worship, we change every song where it says I, we change it to we. Yeah, lots of times. Lots of times. Unless it's a time of, we, we know that it's, you know, that heart-tugging yeah. repentance time. But we'll, we'll change it to the corporate expression of we. Because let's, let's look at who we are. Okay, I'm, I'm a human being, you're a human being, you're a human being. But who do you have living in you? Father, Son, and So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Kimberly Wilson equals a we. Who? Wow. I like that one too. That's good. <laughs> so, so say that using your name. Father, Son, Richard, and Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit in Richard Wilson. In, say your name. Equals okay. we. Come on, every one of you, as a father in the house, every one of you do this. That means lips moving. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready? Please. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in equals we. You're outnumbered. You are never alone. You're never alone. No matter where you are, you're outnumbered. Yes. It's a four-in-one thing here. And guess what? When you start getting next to another believer, yeah. the ratio here is two to six. Force multiplication. It's called force multiplication. force multiplication. When we're in this room, I have no idea how many people are in here. But let's say there's 100 of us in here. That, that's 300 to 100. Yeah. That's a great ratio. Yeah. <laughs> we are outnumbered. It's force multiplication. And this even works when you're not with the others in the body of Christ, because we are all connected. We're fitly joined together. And so even when you feel like you're sitting by yourself and you're all alone and God doesn't hear me and all that, it's a lie. It's that old man trying to speak. Dead men, your dead man's trying to speak. And so you have to say, no, no, no. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what do you have to say about what the accuser just said to me? Oh. Oh. So in other words, any words that come at me that don't match up with who Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are and what those would speak, then those words are lies. The accuser of the brethren always goes after the I. Always goes after the I. The words that he uses that coming at you will always be I words. You. But when you grab hold of this, of the we... Then you'll hear that come across. It says, what are you? I am. It doesn't even say you are. It says, I am. That's how it tries to do. And in the midst of it, it is such a lie that all you have to do is recognize, no, wait a minute. You're saying that about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Oh, you're not accepted. You, you just said Father, Son, Holy Spirit in Richard, we is not accepted. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. 
You, you, can, can you begin to see that then? That there's, no, no, no. All of those things are absolutely untruth. There's no truth whatsoever. You're alone. You're isolated. You're rejected. You're an orphan. No, no, no. Wait a minute. How can, an, there can't be an orphan when there's four. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in me equals we. Ah, can't be. Can't be there's a we there. There's no orphan in a we. It doesn't exist. It can't be there. So that's why we've shifted this whole thing. I preached on years on identity. Identity is important. The church needs to know its identity. Now guess what? The church needs to know its we-dinity. There's a we there. Therefore, we cannot be separated. We cannot be separated. You take it into a place like Paul said, I carry you in my heart. I'm there with you in the eternals. What? How does that, how does that work? Well, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are eternal. And the eternals live in you. And therefore, if we're together in this, you're there, I'm there with you. I remember the first time I had a, a Native American apostle say that to me. We're doing this meeting and he couldn't come. And he said, but I'm going to be there in the eternals. I'm like... What? what? You know, okay, come on, let me in on this we were, spiritual We were planning thing. on you being the speaker at the conference. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, so I guess what that means is then while we're there, we can expect you kind of to transport in or something. You know, you're going to be. I'm all for that. But no, literally it means we're, we're connected. So what happens in this family, what happens in this community, because you're a part of this family, and, and you see each other, and you touch each other, and you get to know each other. So no matter where you go, you cannot get away from the community. Is that, is that all right? In other words, you, you are with each other. So it makes no difference. Okay, you're going to try to isolate me. You're going to put me in my house, and I can't get out and go see anybody. Ha ha, we're all, we're all here. We're, 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 we're all here in this. I mean, if you can grab hold of this, even into the, the whole things of, of even intercession, because what God's up to now, leading people by the Spirit of God, this is exactly what I want you to release right now. This is what's on Papa's heart. Okay, isn't that what you want? That's how Jesus never missed it. Why did Jesus never miss it? Because the Father was speaking Spirit to Jesus. Jesus heard it clearly. And all he did was say yes, and he said, I, I did whatever the Father's doing. Yeah. He never missed it. God is raising up a mature church, yes. a mature group of people yes. that together, whether they are together or not, will hear what Father has to say. Yes. And what ha Father has to say is never about just the I. Come on, hear that. Whatever's going on in your life is not just about you. Your victory has to do with everyone around you. Yes. And so... But isolation doesn't want you to think that. No. That the I wants you to think, I'm the only one in the world going through this. Yes. Elijah tried that, didn't he? I'm the only prophet. I'm the only one. <laughs> God comes and says, I got a secret, man. How many? 4,000 or 6,000? I, I got a whole <laughs> bunch out there. You're not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. What we're saying in that is we're connected with that. And so yeah. what I was going to say is all of a sudden, God 
God has something in mind. God's a now God. God has something in mind for right now. God speaks it, but we're, we're not physically together. But God speaks it to you and to you and to you. He speaks it to you. And he says, through the blood of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit to us, this is all I want you to release right now. And that's the reason lots of times we just use like phrases, light be. What happened in creation when God said light be? Everything of emptiness, everything of void, all of that disappeared just like that. So here's what you want to see. This is what God's up to, where he's going to change nations in a day. Why? Because he's raising up a people that will simply hear the impulses of Holy Spirit then you have a revelation today that it's in the we. And so therefore, it's released. And at that moment, when it's released, what God wants, God will get. What the anointing wants, the anointing will get. And in that moment, the people of God will just agree and say what God's saying and it'll be done. All right, we'll wrap it up. You had a picture. So Jalen, is he in here or is he with the kids? He's in the back room. Okay, so so Jalen's vision that he shared this morning, when we were worshiping after that, I saw the, the huge table of the Lord, and I saw each of us walking up to our seat at the table. But I don't know, you remember, like, going from the kids' table to the adult table? Yeah. You know, at, like, Thanksgiving, like, oh, wait, I get to sit there because there's more little ones that they got the little card table over on the side. But you didn't really know how to act when you were there, and you didn't really know how to have the conversation with the adults. It was kind of kind of awkward. And I saw us sitting there as individuals just going, okay, now I'm allowed to sit at the the banqueting table, but we're not really seeing everything that's here. And and so I just want you to close your eyes and see yourself sitting at that table. And I I want you to begin to, to look around at the other faces that are sitting there. Look at the others in the Abide family that you enjoy talking to when you're here on Sunday morning, that you chat with on Facebook, that you have phone calls with, and begin thinking of the manifestations of God's presence that happen through those that you're in fellowship with. Think about that fantastic food that's at the table and how joyful the Father is in delivering that food to you and saying, here, come, eat, enjoy, dine. I have all these things for you. So when we come to the banqueting table, it's not just about you having a rightful place at the table. It's about you coming and participating and enjoying. And you have something to say at that table as well. You can open your eyes now. But it's so much more than I'm just accepted to be there. You're allowed to come into the fullness of the treasures of the kingdom. If you continue, and we encourage you to read Romans 8 in this section, because it talks about all the treasures of God are yours. All the treasures. They're all yours. All the treasures. It doesn't say he holds them back. They're all yours. All the treasures. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Those are all eternal attributes. You can't do anything special to get it. It's yours, absolutely yours. So all those attributes are solutions to every word that will come against you that the enemy may want to speak another whole time. You understand, if if Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are sitting at the table, it's impossible for you not to be there. They live in me. 
The question would be, why, why are you standing over there? I live in you. Get over here. Ah, we love you guys. We appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah. We have enjoyed yeah. our time with you. Yeah. Yes. We're going to turn it over to you now. Yeah. Hang on a second, because I want to, can I say just one, one thing? So, Tiffany, no matter where we are, you're in my heart. <laughs> and whether we're here at church or we're in North Carolina or wherever the Lord sends us, you are in my heart everywhere that I go. You are never alone. Mm. Never, ever, ever are you. It, it, it's impossible. Mm. You know why? Because the Lord will wake me up praying for you. Mm. The Lord will put you on my heart and I'll just begin to intercede for you. Yes. You are not alone. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we just thank you today. This is the day that full acceptance is realized, that full acceptance is there. And, Father, we just thank you for awakening the, the reality of the we, not just to Tiffany, but to so many of us here, that we feel like we're isolated, that we feel like we're alone. Covington, when you came and you sat in our living room and you looked at Richard and I and you said, will you be my spiritual mom and dad? Yes. Just like the Father said, said to us, we have the spirit of full acceptance. You have our full acceptance. We love you. We love you as a son. And when we're not with you, we are cheering you on and we're praying for you. And, and just, we love you, son. You can't get away from us. <laughs> and we're blessed. We're blessed and honored that the Lord has done this with us. And there's a, a concept in adoption because it's the spirit of adoption. And it sounds like, you know, you've been adopted. So, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. It's okay. But, but, Legally, when you're adopted, you cannot disown someone. So you're forever ours. <laughs> and we love you, son. Call your mama. You good? Yeah. You know, yesterday we had, we had prayer here, and the only scripture... The craziest thing, the only scripture I released yesterday was that scripture. From up here, you can look back on the live stream. It's what God is doing. So I want us to stand, and I just want them to pray over us. This does, there doesn't have to be any music. It doesn't have to be a moment. It's like yeah. accepting in our hearts that God brought fathers into our house today to release that. It's the heart of the Father that He's wanting to release. Yeah. So we just have to say yes. You know what I love about the concept of God choosing us as orphans and bringing us into adoption? It's a choice. He chose, like, it's got to be personal. He chose me. Yeah. I wasn't just yeah. born. I wasn't an accident. He looked at Gio and he said, I choose you. Yeah. And so, if, man, the, the greatest inheritance gift you can receive on this Father's Day is understanding that. That you are chosen by a father and allowing that truth to sink into your heart before you do anything. Before you ever try to heal another person or you release another prophet. He is accepted and he's glad with you. He's affirmed. So if you're here, you're like, I'm there. I don't even know. I don't even know who this Jesus is or this father. I plead with you. Just open your heart. Yeah. Yes. If we can take a little, a little drug addict kid who is angry, bitter, and addicted to so many things, and he looks at that and he says, I want that. Uh. Yeah. If, you, if, yeah. if you were the only one that would have ever said yes, I would have still went to the cross. Yes. Man, what could he do? I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm just asking you to receive love in your heart today. So I believe that as we pray today, that God's going to break some stuff off of us. Absolutely. And what he's going to break is a lot of the doing. And he's freeing us to be. 
Nobody's going to touch you today. <laughs> Nobody's going to lay hands on you. We're asking the Holy Spirit to come. And even as the day goes by on this Father's Day, that you would continually re receive a revelation of what that means that he chose you. I pray everywhere you look, you realize. Yeah. You know, there are times where Judah does things. And because he knows he's done something, he excludes himself from family. He'll go away. Uh, and I'll look at him and say, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. You belong right here. It has nothing to do with what you're doing. I, I'm not accepting. I'm saying what you're doing is not right, but it doesn't exclude you from the table. Come on. That's good. Nothing he can do could ever stop him from being a Munoz. Y'all thought it was Munoz. That's no, Munoz. <laughs> so as they pray today, can you just receive? Like, let's just open our hearts. Just close. Just close. If, if you need relationship with, uh, with God, all weekend he's been speaking this. I just keep hearing Abba. All, even last night, Abba, yeah. Father. So I'm going to have I'm going to have them pray. So Father, we thank you for the sub substance of your love that's here this morning, the very tangible substance of your love.